Sam, the Sandown Clown, sounds like it could be a fun TV character. It looks like it could be an alien, and its story seems like a wild paranormal experience. Today, we'll tell the story of a family who was visited by Sam. We'll discuss each of their encounters, Sam's bizarre behaviors and appearance, and as usual, give our thoughts on what we make of all this. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of the strange and unexplainable, stick around. Much like the popularity of the Big Bang Theory, it might be hard to get to the bottom of this one. This is Necronomapod. This was a, uh, a last-minute addition to the schedule here. It was. How'd you find this one? I was on 4chan. I was on the paranormal board. I hadn't been there in a while, so I was just kind of browsing around. Checking in like an old friend. Yeah, seeing what was uh, going on. How's it going, guys? A lot of nonsense <laughs> happening, of course, but uh, there was a thread about Sam, the Sandown Clown. I'm like, oh, shit, this is really cool. cool. Yeah. Did you see his name first or the picture? Uh, the picture stood out to me first and then I read the post and I'm like, okay, this is unsettling. Yeah. It's got like that men in black, black eyed children kind of feel to it. It's that high strangeness. Tingly, uh, yeah. It's a fun photo too. Like it just catches your eye. Cause it, you're like, is this a robot? What is this thing? Right. I had never heard of this before. So, Mm-mm. and there's no real mention of it in history. And you know, when we go through the outline, there's, this one article pretty much and didn't catch on. No. So I don't think anybody, you know, nobody followed up on it Mm. to talk to anybody to see, you know, maybe you bringing it to the masses will trigger other people who have seen this thing and they'll report on their interactions. Yeah. This is that whole conversation about the one and done, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it makes it more believable or less. Are we going to be talking about any cream pies or 69ing <laughs> or anything tonight? No. I mean, we, okay, could, so. we could discuss it if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure Sam the Sandown Clown has any experience with that. But we can certainly discuss it. It's a crowd pleaser to say the least. <laughs> hey, Sam, you want a 69? I can't tell if that reminds me of a clown or one of those like old bike horns, like those little goofy things. What do you guys think about clowns? Are you scared of clowns? No, I like clowns. They don't bother me. They're creepy. They I serve no purpose other than to be creepy. It's <laughs> supposed to make children laugh, right? And they juggle and, I don't know, run around a circus. I've been to a circus once and it was miserable. It that, was that's so not hot. a good time. It was so hot because it was outdoor in the middle of July in this tent with no airflow mm-hmm. and it just smells mm-hmm. and you sweat and then you smell and everyone around you smells. You got to look at Terrible. the poor elephants who don't want to be doing tricks and it's awful. Yeah. Just not a fun time. I've never been to one before. You're lucky. I don't recommend it. Yeah. Don't put that on your bucket list. They put it on your bucket list to never attend. <laughs> yeah. Do that. It's easy to achieve that one. Yeah. <laughs> See that circus? Don't go to that. <laughs> 
When was it a couple years ago where the, the clowns were appearing just in towns and freaking people out? Yeah. Were they holding the red balloons? I think was wasn't it coinciding that with it? It was coming out, I think. Or you would what, go in, out in the morning and someone had like that red balloon tied to the sewer. Yeah. Yeah. I never knew what was real with that and what wasn't. Cause there mm. were like reports of people like holding baseball bats, like just standing. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a couple of videos. Like there was one video where uh, someone was dressed as a clown walking up on a guy and the guy happened to have his dog with him and just let the dog go on this dude. And I'm like, I don't know if that's real or not, you know? I wish it was real, because that's what you get walking up on people like that. <laughs> Take that clown. <laughs> Fuck. The, uh, Sam, the Sandown clown, has uh, Pennywise vibes, too. That's what I got. There's parts of this where he's being nice, like, oh, showing them a trick yeah. and stuff. Don't love it at all, really. Sam is a very unsettling entity. Down here, Georgie. <laughs> so where do clowns originate? Like court jesters back in medieval times? Is that the origin story of clowns? Your guess is as good as mine. That would be my guess. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a clown history enthusiast. <laughs> Bozo. Yeah. Is Bozo still <laughs> the, the most recognizable famous clown? I guess. I think Pennywise is at this point, though. Probably yeah. is Bozo. Was there only one Bozo or was it just like, like that was the generic name that a lot of clowns would use? Like, mm. Oh, I'm Bozo. Is that like a copyrighted trademarked thing? Like a Xerox thing where that's just Bozo now. Just yeah. means clown in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh, we're hiring Bozo the clown, but it's just like, you know, question. It's like yeah. the Aldi Bozo. Mm -hmm. He had a TV show though. Right. It sounds right. Like way back. I too am not a clown expert, but that does sound right. Is Ronald McDonald the clown? Yeah. So he's probably the most famous clown. Well, that's a good point. I mean, he's dressed like a clown and looks like a clown, but I didn't know if that was like his actual gimmick. I hope so. Like what else would it be? It's just a haunting person. <laughs> he makes awesome cheeseburgers and French fries, right? <laughs> Isn't there an earlier version of Ronald McDonald? that's like much more terrifying. I think so. Yeah. A couple iterations before the one that yeah. everyone knows yeah, now. This up. I got kicked out of uh, McDonald U. So I, <laughs> before I graduated, I thought you were going to say I didn't get kicked out course. of a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. That probably <laughs> happened at some point. No fucking way. This isn't it. Is it like a real it says, scary original one? Ronald McDonald? This is from Business Insider. My God! <laughs> yes, that's it. Yes, I'm that's like, awesome. I might save that. I'll make you eat a fucking hamburger, huh? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Come here, kid. And even the guy that like played him was a little bit like creepy. Like, like tone it down, pal. Yeah. <laughs> that looks like Willard Scott. It says Willard Scott, the original Ronald McDonald. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The weather guy, Willard Scott? <laughs> I, I don't know who Willard Scott is, but I just thought maybe he was famous for being Ronald McDonald. Interesting. Yeah, I look at this one, too. What, was he like, is he like national? Yeah, MB, NBC Weatherman, Today Show, Dude, I fuck, think. Fuck that. That's good stuff there. Okay. Art from uh, Terrifier. Oh, He's a creepy clown. That's a good one. There's a ton of different versions of Ronald McDonald just like scrolling through. Mm. Well, practice makes perfect. It's like the fucking Undertaker reinventing <laughs> himself every few years. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, you want to jump in? Sure. 
the story of Sam, the Sandown clown, is kind of a one and done. The first and only mention of Sam in any publication was the January-February 1978 issue of the British UFO Research Association journal, Bufora. Does MUFON and Bufora work together ever? Or is there tension? Probably. Like rival gangs? (laughs) Yeah. They don't wear your colors in Bufora territory? (laughs) They meet at the back of the convention with chains and have uh, fights. Like, uh, what is it? Anchorman. Uh, well, I was thinking more of the um, was it, uh, Green Street Hooligans or Mean Street oh, Hooligans? Green Street, Green Street Hooligans. Hooligans, like that, yeah. <laughs> your turf wars and your battles. Yeah, Historically, <laughs> UFO groups do not get along. As an officer of MUFON, do you hate Bufora? No, I have nothing against okay. them. Do you wish right. they would boo fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> Sam was on the cover of that Bufora journal issue and I'm sure we'll post this picture. It's that's some, yeah. You you look at it and like you said, looks like a robot, robot slash cryptid slash alien. Like it's like a, a hybrid of all the a lot of things we've discussed in the past. Yeah, it's got sort of a Native American lore feel to it to me for some reason. Do you think it's I like can't place it? Like the the like the markings on its face are more yeah. almost like symbol type. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's what jumps out at me, though. I like like the circles on his face almost look like outlets. Like, I want to charge my iPhone. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then put my penis in its mouth. I mean, nah, that's not, that was out of context. <laughs> We've never talked about before before, but they were founded in 1964 and specifically looked into UFO reports around the British Isles. They're still active. They have a website that has all kinds of information, but like all UFO websites, it's extremely hard to navigate. It's just ridiculous when you go to their website. It's just nothing but text everywhere. And I found it. It's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> like, it how are you even, supposed to read this? The aliens are coming, <laughs> blinking lights. Like, it didn't even come up as a Google search result. I had to link to it from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> it didn't even come back in the search algorithm. <laughs> Do you think that's a MUFON thing? Like they took down the before, uh, like, uh, they target algorithm. Yeah. Like they <laughs> fucked it all up. Cyber war. They're at over here. Or show them. We'll get them out of the Google search results. They physically published their journal until 2005 and then moved it to digital copies. Do you have any copies of those at home? I do not. Mm. Figured you'd keep an eye on the competition. See what they're up to. You probably got to be a paid subscriber, right? I'm sure. Nothing's free. He's not giving them money. (laughs) (laughs) The story of Sam, the Sandown clown, takes place in Sandown, a seaside town on the southern end of the Isle of Wight. It's a place that's busy in the summer, quiet in the winter. It's a bunch of restaurants, places to shop. Uh, One thing they randomly have is a museum that has one of the largest collections of dinosaur bones, which is pretty cool. Huh. Triassic, Jurassic, or Crustaceous period? Uh, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> researcher are you? over here. Jesus. <laughs> Who told us more about dinosaurs? <laughs> I used to know a lot about dinosaurs. I read a lot of dinosaur books when I was a kid. I always liked the dinosaur exhibits. That was interesting, yeah. Yeah, as a kid, like just seeing how massive they are. Like when the zoo would have the dinosaur, the electronic mm-hmm. ones. That was always fun. But I was never it's wild. Never one to like study them, I guess. Yeah, super cool. 
If they have one of the largest collections in the world, Dave, perhaps all of the periods that you just mentioned. Maybe so. I mean, if it's the largest collection. (laughs) I would think. I'm going to have to get over there and check it out. All right. Do an investigatory. I will. Declan, book his flight. (laughs) (laughs) The Isle of Wight is also filled with ghost stories, poltergeists, and UFO sightings. I'm sure John Keel has probably said it somewhere in his books, but the Isle of Wight sounds like it could fit into what John Keel called window areas. But he said where reality's thin and things can slip through. Well, I sure hope that's true. We always say this, but yeah. it does make the world a lot more interesting if that's real. If that's the explanation yeah. for everything. Like Bigfoot, all of it. Mm-hmm. But it would. It would explain everything. Yeah. From the little bit I was looking at the Isle of Wight, you could do, or we could do a whole episode on multiple subjects. They had the art and manner. Just like this really creepy story about a supposedly a kid killed his father, suffocated him in his sleep, and then to get uh, to get away with it, he pushed his sister out of a window and mm. killed her. And supposedly, she haunts that manor. Wow. There's the Ventor Botanical Garden, which is another one that sounds really cool. It's like um, an old hospital that was shut down, and then a botanical garden was replaced it but that says that there's still a bunch of ghosts that wander around the garden in the original story about sam everyone involved used pseudonyms the story focuses on an adult male reported as mr y his seven-year-old daughter faye and her seven-year-old male friend who was never given a pseudonym in the article so for the episode was calling william that was the most british name i could think of william yeah come come william I think it works. We'll go with it. We'll call him Billy if we get real crazy. <laughs> He's a seven-year-old. He could be a Billy. Yeah. Billy. Billy. <laughs> Run along, Chuck. The experiences they all had were years apart, but after Mr. Y's daughter saw Sam, he decided to reach out to Bufora. It starts off on October 20th, 1970. Mr. Y was driving along the Yar River to visit a friend when he noticed that what he called a, quote, large multi-lit aircraft was flying low over a marshy area of the river. Mr. Y pulled over to watch the object and reported it as, quote, a wide ring of seven or more lights could be seen, each of them a large and clearly defined sphere, like a bright red cherry, and interspersed with a turquoise and white light. No sound could be heard. Mr. Y started driving again, and the object started to fly parallel to him, eventually flying about 300 yards behind his car while the craft was slowly rotating. Don't forget, he's driving on the wrong side of the street. Right. Yeah, they haven't figured that out yet. What's wrong with them? <laughs> and the opposite side inside the car, too, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Also, fuck the metric system. You don't like the metric system? Well, we won, so shouldn't we get the say? For the whole world? Two and L, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Y said that he stopped and got out of his car again and grabbed a flare out of his trunk. At that point, he said he started doing Morse code to the object, like cupping his hand over the flame of the flare. How's that work exactly? Yeah, I don't know. Aren't flares like really aggressively? like? Like, Or maybe he was just like blocking it. Doing this kind of thing? Yeah, like, like just chopping... Hmm. moving his hand away i don't know maybe they had smaller flares back then in general he could just he was able to yeah maybe get his hand close to shield it i don't know 
Maybe British flares are smaller than American <laughs> flares. That sounds they don't right. Burn as bright. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't reported what he was signaling to the object, but the object just hovered in the air. And at that point, Mr. Y got scared and drove directly to his friend's house. He didn't stop to mess around with it anymore. Um, the, how it's reported is that he was kind of scared the whole time, but then finally got freaked out enough to just leave. Mm. Did he tell anyone? Is there any contemporaneous correspondence or documentation or did this story only come out later after the main story we're going to talk about? Yeah, this only came out later. Okay. What, what we're going into is what Bufora published and that's literally it. We don't know, and all these, these are all pseudonyms, so we don't even know if any of these people even exist. We can't even track them down. Yeah. It's possible it might have been a slow month at Bufora, and someone just said, hey, we're going to come up with a good story. Who? What was that poltergeist story we discussed where we all had different opinions on it, and it was it was based off a book you had read, an, an author, South Shields, and I had, it was my thought that the entire thing was made up by the author that those people didn't even really exist. Maybe this is something like that. It was this. Yeah. South Shields, I think. Yeah. And I thought the people that were experiencing it made it up and like just yeah. fooled the authors. I didn't think the authors had anything to do. I think with that, that was the Hildebrand episode. That was the origin of because they, Hildebrand. We were talking about while they were sitting at the table, the phone was <laughs> <That's ringing>. right. <laughs> And, but like they thought it might have been the dad, but the dad was at the table and, but the phone was ringing and they're like, well, he's sitting right here. He couldn't be calling. Right. We said you can spoof phone numbers fairly right. easily. And, but you can also just spoof a story fairly easily, which was my thought. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah. But this almost seems like it could be that at least right now, like what Dave said, maybe before I needed to, to, to push some, some merch or some, some sales. Yeah. Maybe newsletter weren't, uh, we're selling. We're, we're flying off the shelves like they might have been at one time. But Ian wants to live in a world where this guy exists. So let's not write in his parade. Yet. <laughs> oh, I do too. Believe me. You see this guy walking down the street. <laughs> Two years later, on March 1st, 1972, Mr. Y was sitting on the cliffside at Compton Bay on the Isle of Wight when he saw two yellow lights about 40 feet away from him. Mr. Y said that the lights were just under the surface of the water, quote, peering up at me like the eyes of some horrible sea monster. Mr. Y said that he was stuck in like a trance or something, just staring at these two lights. As the tide drew back, the two yellow lights went along with it until they were fully underwater and out of sight. At that point, Mr. Y realized that he lost about two or so hours of time, which would make sense based on the tides. There's like little bits that people mm. have tried to dig into with this story. And that's one of them is to like, discredit it. No, just or, to try and figure out like time frames and things like that based off the article. So it would be around like two hours based on the tides, how he described it. That would be a scary feeling like experiencing that and remembering it and then being like, like kind of coming out of it and be like, I just lost two hours. Like what, what just happened? Yeah. Losing time is very unsettling. Even when you're just driving in a car and you know, you don't not, you don't doze off, but your mind wanders and you're like, Oh, how did I get here? Yeah, like, did I, I stop? Remember. Did I stop at that stop sign? Yeah. Like how many red lights did I go? Right. Through? But just think about two hours. Yeah. Or it's like after you, you know, got blackout drunk and you're like, Hmm, what did I do last night? <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I put my penis in the <laughs> before I went to sleep last night. <laughs> 
You roll over and Sam the clown's next to you. Like, oh, I did put it in his mouth. <laughs> but you charge his, your phone in his eyes all night, so you're sad. <laughs> but then you blew a load on his face and shorted your phone out. So now oh, what do you do? It's uh, For an idea of the geographical layout of the Sam sighting, the kids started on Lake Common Road. If you walk through some woods behind the house, eventually you get to the Shanklin and Sandown Golf Club. If you keep walking in a straight line, there's a swampy marsh area. Then on the other side of that, there's the Sandown Airport, which is rarely, if ever, used. I even saw some things calling it abandoned. So mm. I don't know. I'm really curious if this guy mentioned this story to his kids or to the, his daughter before this story happened. That's a possibility. I want to know that. It's my main question with all this. Or like you talked about the, the, the paranormal stuff being common on the island. So is UFO or paranormal talk and that sort of thing? Do they grow up with that, like living there? Similar to how if you grew up in Roswell, you obviously, that's in your psyche that right. things happen Can't in Roswell. Can't go to McDonald's without getting away Yeah, from like it's everywhere. It's just part of who you are growing up there. I think based on the taking this story as 100% fact. I think based on the kids later on asking Sam if he's a ghost or not is like a kind of giveaway that it's just like ghosts or maybe like commonplace. Yeah. And okay. Like I listed earlier when we talked about ghost stories at the uh, Isle of Wight, I talked to like two or three. There's tons out there. There's like mm. articles of the top 10 haunted places on the Isle of Wight. So I think it probably is something that they just grow up used to. It. So you're even maybe, I don't want to say prone to making up those stories, but maybe open to experiences like that where other areas or other kids might not be. All these types of places. Some For some reason, it seems like there's more British hauntings than anywhere else in the world, especially poltergeist and stuff. And we tend and to cover a lot of those. Yeah. yeah. Like Battersea, South Shields, the Enfield. There's a lot of a lot of them, yeah. Uh, the Black Monk of Pontefract. Oh, that was a good one. Jeff the Talking Mongoose was from one yeah. of the aisles. Yeah. That was a good one. Classic. Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On an afternoon in 1973, which based off context clues in the article, people have figured that it's probably May 8th, 1973. Faye and William, both seven years old, were playing in the woods when they heard a siren, like an ambulance. Like the weird two-tone sirens that wee, they have over there. Wee, wee, right. It was said it was also described as wailing. The article used the, the word wailing a lot. Hmm. I don't know how to do wailing. What is wailing? I almost picture that tornado that siren that goes off here all the time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> is that a whale? Oh. Whale like. <laughs> what does it sound like this? <laughs> I want that to be an emergency <laughs> alert. Because it's much more calming. It's not as aggressive. Like when they do the emergency radio broadcast, it's like, eh, eh. I want that. You're going to die. You're just sitting there listening <laughs> to the radio. All of a sudden, that pops on. Yeah. It's a feel good sound. You're like, oh, everyone quiet. <laughs> it's like fun. <laughs> You might die, but at least you're smiling when you yeah, do. you're going out with a smile on your face, sure. The kids got curious, and they started walking toward the sound. As they followed, they walked through the golf course and into the marshy swamp area. In that area, there's a creek with a wooden bridge over it. 
that bridge will get you to the airport. As the kids were walking over that bridge, the siren sound stopped. At that moment, the kids saw a blue-gloved hand that only had three fingers reach up from the creek and grab the rail of the bridge. Then the entity pulled itself up onto the bridge. The article goes on to describe the entity as, quote, He was nearly seven feet tall and had no neck, for his head appeared to be wedged straight onto his shoulders. He wore a yellow pointed hat, which interlocked with the red collar of a green tunic. A round black knob was affixed to the top of his hat, and wooden antenna were attached to either side. The face had triangular markings for eyes, a brown square of a nose, and motionless yellow lips. Other round markings were on his paper-white cheeks, and a fringe of red hair fell onto his forehead. Wooden slats protruded from his sleeves and from below his white trousers. It's like a toy came to life. Yeah. Like a toy that like has just pieces parts all put yeah. together. A man with mm. pale white skin dressed like a toy. Yeah. Or that has, I mean, he has skin because they talk about how white his skin is. It, well, they're in England. <laughs> <laughs> but it, so if they're describing it as white, <laughs> you know it must be something else. Like I picture Sam as being as white as a sheet of paper, like. That's what comes to mind. Yeah, when ghostly you hear that white description. Yeah, almost like the like old timey like movies are acting when they have like the white powder faces yeah, and stuff. Right, yeah. like a mime, right? Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, I guess like a clown. Necronomapod <laughs> <laughs> is sponsored by BetterHelp. Take a second to think about how much time you spend on yourself in a given week. Now compare that to the time you spend on others. It's easy, isn't it, to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you? Meanwhile, you're never taking a moment to think about your own needs. Getting that late-night call from a distressed friend, taking care of a sick child, or helping coworkers who are slammed with work. Assisting the people around us is important. But when we all spend our, all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life, so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy is all about giving your mental health the self-care it deserves. Because sometimes we don't set aside enough time to focus on improving ourselves, being too busy focusing on improving those around us. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey to better balance in your life, from wherever you are. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Necro. According to the kids, the entity pulled a book out of one of his pockets, fumbled it around, and dropped it over the bridge into the water. At this point, the entity didn't speak, but the kids said its body language like, was like an oh no type vibe, and it jumped into the water to retrieve it. The entity splashed around looking for the book, and when it found the book, it went inside a metal hut. That's what the kids called it, is a hut. Okay. So how this happened is the kids said that they hadn't noticed it before, but there was a large windowless 
metal hut in the marsh. They called it a hut. Um, people speculated maybe a kid trying to verbalize a UFO, something like that. Who knows? But they said that the entity comically ran to the hut, like raising its knees super high towards its chin. It's really like Pennywise vibes, like just like frolicking away yeah. kind of high stepping towards the hut. It yeah. sounds kind of funny to me. Like just it sounds terrifying. Thing. So they didn't see it before is the implication that it just kind of appeared while they were distracted watching him fumble around in the water, perhaps maybe. Mm. Or was it just there and they didn't notice because they were looking at yeah, this thing, yeah. dropping a book in the water and whatever else. And it's it's already even him pulling himself up onto the bridge is kind of just comically weird, you know, strange. Like he just pulled himself up with one arm onto. I wonder if Stephen King ever read this story before he wrote it. That'd be interesting. Because I absolutely get those same vibes. Yeah. I'm going to ask him tomorrow. Send him a DM. Yeah. So they'll respond within 10 minutes. <laughs> the kids started to walk away in the opposite direction of the metal hut. And when they were about 50 yards away, the entity came back out of the hut. But now it had what looked to the kids like a microphone attached to a small white box. The siren sound started up again, but this time it was a lot louder. And the kids took off running. The sound abruptly stopped. And when they turned around to see if the entity was following them or anything, they saw it lift the microphone to its mouth. The kids said that the words were as clear as if the entity was standing right next to them, and it asked, quote, hello, are you still here? Even though the entity would have been able to clearly see the kids. Mm. So 50 yards away. It's half a football field. Mm. So maybe he, Sam the clown does not have good eyesight. Maybe he's blind. So I dropped the dropped the book. Faye, I guess, being a curious kid and maybe not getting the whole stranger danger thing, started walking back toward the entity while William was visibly upset and scared. Fuck yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Run away, back. Billy. <laughs> William followed behind Faye at a distance, kind of walking slowly behind her. It sounded like it was, I don't want to go, but I also don't want to be left alone. When the kids got close enough to the hut, the entity pulled out the book that it had dropped in the water. It flipped the pages, and on each page there was a word, to which Faye read out loud. The entity pointed at each word as Faye read them, which said, quote, Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. Hmm. So it's obviously not a real book, because if it's a real book, it would have been destroyed in the, in the water. I think... Taking this story as 100% fact, I think the kids are saying it's a book and it's not something that they don't fully understand. But the closest thing to them would be a book, so that's how they see it. And it's a sentence that's almost close to making sense, but just a bit off. Yeah, like, I am all colors. Yeah. They said its voice sounded robotic or very monotone. The kids looked at the entity confused and then without using the microphone or moving his lips, it said the same words, quote, hello, and I am all colors, Sam. And like flipping the page, everything like pointing to each word. That's creepy. It is. It's a really weird sentence. 
Mm. I don't Ro- know what to make of this. A robotic or monotone voice, too. Doesn't yeah. help. From here, we're just going to refer to the entity as a he named Sam based on the article. <coughs> Presumptive. <laughs> <laughs> the kids asked Sam about his clothes, why they looked so weird, and they were ripped in spots. Sam shrugged and told the kids that those were the only clothes that he had. Because of his bright white skin, the kids asked if he was really a man, to which Sam simply replied, quote, no. The kids were like, okay, so if you're not a man, are you a ghost? To which Sam replied, quote, well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. The kid said something to the effect of, if you aren't a man and you aren't a ghost, what are you? To which Sam just shrugged his shoulders and said, you know. Being so fucking cryptic, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) They asked him if his name was Sam, and the entity said no, that he didn't have a name. But then he calls himself Sam later on again, so I I don't know if it's like confused, like that slightly human men in black type thing. Just slightly off a little bit. Slightly off. Almost there. Keeps calling himself Sam, but doesn't but then says he doesn't have a name. Maybe he's really calling them Sam. He's saying it backwards or something. Mm -mm. Like, hello, and I am all callers Sam, like directing that to them. The way the sentence is written is it is almost like you're speaking to someone. Yeah. Sam went on to tell the kids that they were more like him, but not here, which I'm assuming means earth. Like he came from somewhere else. Um, And he did say that he was afraid of humans. You ain't the only one, Sammy. In that he was, he did say he was peaceful too. If a, if a person attacked him, yeah. he wouldn't fight back. Oh, he's a turn the other cheek kind of guy. It's respectful. Yeah. At that point, Sam invited the kids into his metal hut, which these children were not taught stranger danger. No, no. <laughs> probably not a lot of stranger danger on the Isle of Wight. It's probably true. 1970s Isle of Wight. That's a big island. Is it? I think so. It's fairly big. I start like anytime I hear that British island, I think a wicker man <laughs> with all kinds of fucking weird shit going on. But there's a lot of different small towns and stuff on the Isle of Wight. It's not small. The kids followed Sam through what they said was a small flap into the metal hut. They said it was two floors. The lower floor they said had wallpaper that was a turquoise, like bluish green color covered with a pattern of dials and buttons. The kid said it also had something that looked like an electric heater and basic wooden furniture. They said the second floor had less room and that floor was metallic. The Isle of Wight is 147 square miles. That's pretty big, right? I guess so. I mean, big enough. It's not tiny. Like it's not, you know, like a Put-in-Bay or Kelly's Island, like small islands like we have up here. Right. So two-story metal hut. I mean, blue-green wallpaper sounds about right for that time, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting, too. Like, uh, the bottom floor has, like, an electric heater and simple wooden furniture. Then upstairs, it's smaller but, like, metallic, almost, like, more modern type. Like, the two floors are different. So did they get a tour? Was just walking around? Yeah. In all, the, the whole encounter lasted for about 30 minutes from the time that Sam crawled up on or pulled himself up onto the bridge till they left. I'm trying to picture myself as a seven year old and having this happen 
and then later being able to accurately describe all of these details and and time frames and I'm just not sure that I could do that. I think that's maybe part of the reason why there aren't a ton of details in this story and why some of them seem so weird, like a metal hut with blue wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't be wallpaper inside of a metal hut, but then there's all these buttons and dials because on the wall, it wouldn't even be a hut to begin with, right? It's like right. A, if we're taking it for like an alien, this is a, a UFO. And then compound that with a description from a seven-year-old, and you know, it's probably not exactly how yeah. things were, right? And like, like I said before, the book, like clearly that wasn't a book because the pages would have been wet. Mm-hmm. So, it, in my mind, it's them trying to rationalize something that they saw. I think the metal hut is too. Did did you say or did they give an idea on how big the hut was? Because you think hut, like you think pretty small. Yeah, you're not necessarily yeah, thinking it, two levels and like a small RV type thing is what they is how it, okay. at least it was drawn. There's a picture of the hut and from this news article, but it wasn't that kind of. Harry Potter tense scenario where you walk in and it's a hundred times bigger than it looks from the outside. Yeah. Like think RV kind of. Okay. The wooden furniture is weird. I I don't know what they would be mistaking that for if they're mistaking things or if they just saw some stuff. Yeah. That's what came up for it. Mm -hmm. Just like that. Hmm. That doesn't look like a spaceship, but based on what the kids describe, Maybe that's that was the drawing of it. And was there it wasn't on wheels. Mm -mm. Doesn't sound like it was on wheels. Was there any sort of RV park or they call them their caravan, a caravan park anywhere around there? I don't know. Not that I saw. I I saw like a aerial view to get that for like where the golf course was. Uh, It didn't look like there was anything near there. It'd be almost impossible to pull something back through there. And and if there was something there, a structure. People that live there would be well aware of it. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think there'd be any way to get something in there like yeah. that. The kids started to ask Sam more questions, one of which was, what does Sam eat? Sam told them that he ate berries and drank river water after he had cleaned it. That's safe, though. That's a smart thing to do. Purify it. Clean, clean it. it, sure. Like if it comes from the Cuyahoga, you're going to want to clean that water before you drink it. Absolutely. Sam took off his hat to reveal round ears and a little patch of reddish brown hair on his head, which that reminds me of like a clown type thing, like this curl of red hair, (laughs) red hair, white face. And then in a kind of childish, like here, let me show you motion. Like here, here's how I eat berries. He put a berry in his ear and then threw his head forward super hard. And the berry went through his ear and rested in his triangular eye socket. (laughs) Sam then threw his head forward again and the berry went into his mouth. And then he kind of did this awkward ta-da type thing. Like, see, I'm just like you. Very Pennywise. Exactly. Yeah. Don't like that at all. I might have to watch this Pennywise (laughs) movie you guys speak so much of. (laughs) This Pennywise movie. I like it. I thought it was real good. A lot of people didn't like part two of the remake. Oh, I liked them. I liked it a lot. Like the new one that came out, people didn't. Is it is it a remake or is it a part two? I mean, the re, well, the remake was two parts. The original miniseries from the 80s. I see. This new one was a two-part 
remake. Okay. I think it was part two had a moment that made me say, oh shit, out loud or something. Like, what the fuck? And I watched it by myself. Yeah. I think it was with that old, an old lady walking around in the background. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I liked it a lot. Yeah, I like them. The kids asked Sam a couple more questions, which unfortunately weren't reported. They said bye to Sam, and the kids ran across the golf course toward home. They saw two guys working on a telephone pole, and they told the men that they had just seen a ghost. The men laughed it off, and then the kids went home and told Faye's father. Faye's father went out to the marsh, but couldn't find a metal hut and no Sam. He also talked to the guys who were working on the telephone pole, and they said, yeah, we saw the kids, but you know we didn't see anything out here. There was no metal huts or anything. In mm. the way that it's told is Mr. Y went out there like trying to find somebody like he didn't think this was a paranormal experience. Someone was maybe fucking with his kids. Right. Trying to get to the bottom of it. But if they told him I'm throwing pens over here, (laughs) if they told him what they saw and it was similar to what he saw, he just saw UFOs. Yeah, I guess that's true. He didn't see the thing. It's kind of different, I suppose. Yeah. But I guess if you, your kid comes, your seven year old comes home and says, I, you know, a guy dressed as a clown in the woods took me into his little metal hut. Then, <laughs> well, you're gonna go investigate. You're fucking on yeah. your way, yeah. Right. So they reported no harm or attempted anything other than just chatting with him, huh? Yep. They just talked to Sam for a while inside of his metal hut and then said bye. Mm. There was talk of questions about each other, so he asked the kids questions. And they asked him more questions. I wish it was reported more on like what he asked them and stuff. Like I I wish there would have been a paranormal investigator, like one of the heavy hitters that got a hold of the story back then and would have tracked people down. And he would have had to spoke to, to, to spoken with them right away. He wanted someone there talking to him like within that day. Cause the other thing too, about the story is this happened in 1973 and the article wasn't posted until 1978. Hmm. You know, there's a five year difference there too. I wonder why. I don't know. Is there a byline on the move? Buf- what is it called? Bufora story. Did anyone claim themselves as the author? Or is it just kind of a generic newsletter? No, there's an author. There's there an is. author to that article. Has yeah. anyone ever spoken to that person? I'd be interested um, to interview the person that wrote the story. I didn't see anything. Hmm. Like, this is such an obscure... Yeah, right. And it's like, so long ago at this point. Yeah, I mean, you, I guess, but seven years old in 1973. Is anyone that was born in 1973 even alive anymore? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> they look like the fucking Crypt Keeper. That's oh, gotta be like 150 years ago. I think I'm no mathematician, but so obviously this could be the kids just coming up with a wild story. Mister Y pulling one over on Bufora, calling them with a crazy story. It could also be Bufora just making up a story to, you know, to drive sales or you know interest in there. Mm-hmm. But the author Norman Oliver who wrote the article believe there to be some truth to the story oh that's right i forgot we had the guy's name that wrote it okay 
Now we're talking. And so if we just take it at face value, like what is Sam? There's the idea that Sam's an alien, and that's what Mr. Y believes. In the article, it says, quote, I get the impression that Faye was somehow taken into a bubble of alien reality created by this strange personage. He told them he had just made the hut. Also, Faye told me that while they were talking to this ghost, two workmen nearby were repairing a post. They paid no attention to the weird charade, as though they could not see it. Yeah. You figure they would have went and investigated, right? If a metal hut was you would in think, the middle of the woods. two kids are talking to this clown. <laughs> With white skin. <laughs> or if they even saw two kids talking to nothing. If they, if they didn't see. It's a good point. But they did see the kids in the area. Yeah. And they talked to them on their yeah. way out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I just don't know. There's the idea of Sam being a ghost because he said that cryptic thing about he's kind of a ghost in an odd sort of way. Or he's not a ghost, but he is in an odd sort of way. Does Sam even know what a ghost is? Probably not. (laughs) So I don't think a ghost would make any sense. This is Norman Oliver. Passed away in 2022. Damn it. God damn it. Cool looking guy. Like a Stan Lee type looking guy. Yeah, yeah. It probably the story probably died with him. It probably did. Yep. Well, it it won't let you read this article unless you buy it. But died at the age of ninety five, just hours after the fifty seventh anniversary of a case. Click purchase mm. to read more. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. There's the idea of Sam being some type of like trickster entity, like Men in Black, or. And all kind of stuff. Like fairies are considered tricksters and all that kind of stuff. You know? Trickster entity is fucking sweet. Just something weird yeah. that's fucking around for whatever reason. Leprechaun. Hiding the gold. Yeah. There you go. It was probably just a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this encounter on either our Mothman episode or maybe our Men in Black one that we did with Albert Bender. But there's an encounter from 1978 that has some elements that could kind of be compared to Sam. Dr. Herbert Hopkins had been working with a patient who had claimed to be abducted by aliens. Um, And Herbert Hopkins wasn't even like a hypnotist. He didn't do anything. He just had a patient that I I believe he was a psychologist or something, but he had a patient that was claiming to be abducted by aliens. So he wasn't in the business. No. Yeah. Um, one evening he was visited by a very odd man. Dr. Herbert said, quote, this character was as bald as an egg. He didn't even have eyebrows or eyelashes. It looked like he had smooth plastic skin like a doll, except that it was a dead white color. His lips were a brilliant ruby red, and he spoke in an expressionless monotone scanning speech. He constructed no phrases and sentences, just a sequence of words evenly spaced. His voice was completely passive with no inflection or intonation, as if you were hearing it from a machine that could talk. Then I could see that his mouth was a perfectly straight slit. (laughs) Apparently, he did not have what we call lips, so the lipstick was put on as a decoy. His mouth was more like a ventriloquist's dummy. That's what the kid said, that Sam had yellow lips, but they didn't move at all. Did, Did Dr. Hopkins also note like the markings on his face like the uh the triangle eyes and the um 
or say anything about that or like those things on his cheeks or was this one maybe a little different? No, I mean, he just, Dr. Hopkins just saw a, a, man, a man in black, like that, that phenomenon. Gotcha. John Keel reported on this. That was in this country. Yeah. Um, it's just a comparison. It has, yeah. Sam has some elements from men in black, like that plastic white skin. Yeah. Monotone, just one word. No. Did the men in black emotion. not have eyebrows and eyelashes too? Was that one of the, yeah, things? they had not. They, most times they don't have any of that. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> and that's, you know, the, the scanning speech. That's what the kids said. Sam was like, I am all colors, Sam, but no emotion at all. Mm-hmm. No tone. Like so a phrase you're programmed to say that you don't even know what you're saying. You know, has no meaning to you. Yeah. I don't know. I find these way stranger than the running your mill UFO abductions. There's just something very odd about this. Cause with this one, there's just like a, a, some connection with some type of being. It's not just like abducted, probed, sent back down. Yeah, yeah. You're actually having an encounter with a creepy thing. The Pennywise vibes are what creep me out the most about this. That Barry story, that <laughs> part of the story is so scary. When I was reading it, uh, when I first found this story and I was reading it, as soon as I got to the Barry part, I'm like, okay, we're going to do an episode on this. <laughs> this is creepy. Because when you visualize that happening, that's exactly right. Because it, it, as a as a human, you'd be looking at Sam like you're kind of scaring me, Sam. Lady, you're freaking us out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Putting berries in your ears and whipping them through your head. Presumably, like how the fuck did it get from his ear to his <laughs> yeah, eye? Yeah, exactly. And why does he have triangle shaped eye sockets? Yeah. And what am, the fuck am I sitting <laughs> in this room with right now? Yeah. Well, and then like the little tada after. Yeah, like, like see, I'm like you. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're just like us. <laughs> so what are you thinking, Dave? I don't know. If you go with Keel's explanation, like some sort of window into another dimension, or however he frames it, it's almost like it's projecting this image of itself to these kids, and they, but it's off. It's like what they think would look right to this kid. Mm-hmm but it's not exactly, they don't get it right. Like we've talked about with the men in black before almost there, but not quite. The other, the thing that just popped in my head, the siren aspect of the story is weird. It's like, it's almost like Sam was calling them because it stopped when he got close. Mm-hmm. When they, when they got close enough, it stopped. And then when they got scared and started running away, he stopped with that little box with the microphone. Yeah, well, like I don't even know what that was sound. about. Yeah, that's that's a really weird little tidbit. Like, look at the fucking picture of him. He's holding that microphone. <laughs> he it looks ridiculous, me. but then if you, like, really look at him and you put texture to, like, visualize him in real life. Yeah. Talking and doing weird shit with that berry and three toes. The box and the microphone remind me of the men in black one where he couldn't get it on and wanted to like record people. Yeah. Maybe that's what he was supposed to do. There's the other men in black story that John Keel reported on where there were two men working on a telephone pole, but they were just holding a wire and they weren't plugged into anything just standing on the side of the road in West Virginia, freaking people out. And they looked like the men in black white skin just doing weird shit for no reason 
the men in black is really terrifying it's that high strangeness it's things that make you feel extremely uncomfortable and you just can't unsettling like yeah. you said earlier yeah I don't have a good explanation for this at all. No, I mean, I have no idea. I wish somebody would have jumped on this and and tried to figure out, like, get to the yeah. bottom of it, and, like, really talk to these kids. And so, Faye's never none of these. They have, her her dad have never come forward. Nope. And then you get back to does that give that more this more legitimacy or less? Right. Because there's not even real people that we could identify. And I feel like you know we always say when they come back, it's like oh they're craving attention, like this was made up. So then I feel bad, like when I, you don't hear from them, and I'm like, eh, I still doubt this though. <laughs> like, what is it's a lose lose for them? No matter what they do, people are going to critique them and say yeah. they're lying. Yeah, I try to take it as like a case by case thing. Like Jeff, the talking for mongoose, sure. is so over the top. Um, but then years and years later, somebody caught up with the the little girl now at that time woman. Yeah, in. She was like, it ruined my life. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to fucking talk to you right now. It happened. Stop calling it, me, Ian. <laughs> but it ruined my life. You know, I wish my dad would have never fucking brought it up, but it did happen. Yeah. It's the truth. So like that. Definitely case by case. I yeah. Agree. This, there's literally no proof at all of anything. It's just a really creepy story. It could have been Norman just uh, having a slow month. It also could have been some fucking weirdo out there dressed like a clown. It could have been. But the fact that those those linemen, the guys the, the guys working didn't see anything, though. Yeah. And Sam didn't hurt them or anything. He just mm. wanted to talk. I'm leaning more towards not believing this one. Maybe not as strongly as what was the poltergeist one that I... South Shields? Maybe not as strongly as that. I think I'm leaning more towards towards not believing this. And again, it's disappointing because I want this thing to be real. Oh, hello, Mike. It's the sand down clown calling. <laughs> voice sounds awfully familiar. <laughs> no, it's really me. I'm real. It's Helga. Helga Hildebrandt. <laughs> That's her name. Is that her name, Helga? I believe it's Helga Hildebrandt. Oh, I didn't know that. Helga Helen Hildebrandt, Triple H. <laughs> that is her official name. She's called me before. She's like, Mike, time to play the game. <laughs> Helga Helen Hildebrandt. The game is hide your sausage in my box. <laughs> Speaking of old, I believe her date of birth is actually her year is 1908. Is that right? Uh, yeah. That She's like 115. <laughs> Well, have you heard her? <laughs> Each word that comes out of her mouth is almost her last breath. She's <laughs> been at the bank since it opened in 1914. Yeah, she was six. She was helping her pappy. I'm not going to call it either way on this. I don't know. I'd take nothing. a hard line on that one, Dave. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to call this and I don't know. I really don't. I say that all the time, too. I think it could be Norman just trolling everyone and coming up with a good story. And he thought it was so good. He went to his grave with it because why not? That's fun to fuck with people. Or it could be the dad made the whole thing up. Seems a little. I'd be interested to see or to know, I guess, if Norman was familiar with that area. Mm hmm. Because geographically, it's accurate. Like, there is a bridge there, 
you know, some people have checked that out. So it all makes sense. I lean towards probably, you know, the dad making Mr. Y making up something. Did you talk about how, how did Norman Oliver become aware of this story? He was contacted by Mr. Y. So he was in fact contacted by Mr. Y. Right. I suspect even if it did happen, Mr. Y's UFO stories were an after the fact. Like maybe the kids did tell him something. to enhance this story. Just to add a little bit. uh, Make it more interesting, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, a little salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah, I wish there was. I wish somebody looked into this more. I wish there was more to this story. You know, like Flatwoods Monster seems outlandish when you look at a picture of it. But then when you get into the investigation, Jalen Hynek went down there. Mm Mm-hmm. This would be a cool thing for more people to see. Yeah. Good story, though. Makes you think. Creeps you out a little bit. I love doing ones like this. It's a nice break after yep. all the yep. last couple of weeks bullshit we've been talking about. Yeah. If anything, Sam was just curious. Is it in fact true that if they would have caught this thing, you guys would have been for him getting the death penalty? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So he gets a stay of execution this week. <laughs> Of course not. He did nothing wrong. We, to the outside, though, he took two kids into his hut. That's true. That's a little weird. <laughs> I mean, if, if this isn't an alien, then it's a really fucked up story. <laughs> yeah, if it's just some guy hanging out out there. make up Lauren's seven-year-olds oh, into his tent. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, we're, having, story. we're having fun with this one because this is what we know it to be. But then, like, if that actually was the truth, then, like, fuck. It's a turn of events. This isn't for Buffon. This is for the... Police. Right, like he was that close, and and he got it going. He's like, yeah, this doesn't really feel right. I don't like this. He closed up shop, went to some other area of the country, and murdered like forty-seven <laughs> kids. <laughs> I don't like this version of our story at all. <laughs> oh, what it was, was such a feel-good day too. Yeah, no cream pies. <laughs> got that going for it. It's true. At least not yet. Sam also said that he wasn't human. At one point, almost a ghost or kind of like a ghost. Yeah. And then he he also said that it's interesting how he said that he was afraid of humans and that there were more like him. Yeah. You know, like, are there more like I would just really wish there was more to this. Like, what were his eyes like this? The triangle eyes. He seems like a toy mixed with like a clown toy mixed with a robot with real skin that somehow is alive and talking filtered through a seven-year-old's memory too. <laughs> so right. was the, was that their bad attempt to try to look like a clown to be more appealing to the kids? This is, Oh, those clowns wear makeup. Let's do these little, you know, I look like a toy. I'm a clown. I'm fun. I can do tricks with a berry in my eyeball. Yeah. Like maybe that was just their, 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 their terrible attempt to try to not be, terrifying like he said there's more of them so maybe they talked about it beforehand and this was what they came up with yeah <laughs> they're so smart <laughs> just fucking terrifying yeah clown yeah it almost looks like he's doing karaoke in this photo <laughs> it's fun too i seeing friends in low places <laughs> unfortunately i think this is probably about the most info we're ever gonna have on this so mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's gonna leave it to your imagination it's an enjoyable one to talk about. I like that. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the black eyed kids to come to the door, man. Open invitation. Open invitation. 
And to and get, you know what? To get to your house, they're going to have to walk by mine. It's, that's so, true. And they can keep walking, but I'll at least be like, oh, there they go. <laughs> All color Sam. About he, 10 he more houses down, guys. Doors wide open. <laughs> so more high strangeness. Good stuff. Yeah, we need, a, we need more of these stories. Yeah, we need more. yeah. Could that be a good episode, like just a high strangest episode, and you do like a bunch of quick hit, like five or six different things that you find on any of those dark web sites you visit? Yeah, we could probably come up with something to dark do. Dark web. <laughs> it's borderline. <laughs> we can come up with some good stuff, I think. That'd be Buy fun. some heroin on the Silk Road <laughs> site before the show, too, Ian. <laughs> now we'll just do it on the show. <laughs> now we're talking while we talk about scary shit. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else on this one? Sam the Sandown Clown? It's hard to say. It is. Yeah, it's tough. No. Nah. It was hard to say Dwinking Wither Water earlier, too. Than the one <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Dwink Wither Water. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> no, but it's a, oh. there's a couple of phrases in there that are hard to string together. Yeah. Drink River Water. <laughs> you like, really focus. <laughs> um, all right. Good stuff. Dave, what do you got? I have some uh, new patron shout outs. Thank you to Matthew Walston, Victoria Pearson, True Crime University, Brittany Horn, Caitlin Nauer, Ms. Barry, Emily, Areola Appreciator. <laughs> sure. Okay. Go get you some. <laughs> Celia Martucci, Jessica Gomez, Kel Fay. Melinda Caldwell, F.J. Marsh, Georgia. I blew out Mike Namapod's back in college. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else for a minute. Like, goddamn. <laughs> so someone remembers you, Mike. All right. Allison Marriott, MTC Crew, We Love Dave. Nice. Nice patron name. MTC Crew. And Beth Hines. Thank you so much for your support. New patrons, welcome aboard. Ian? For iTunes, I have one for Sput, Northwoods Missy, and Bearded Fart Face. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Good God. <laughs> A five-star in your username, sir. Bearded Fart Face. <laughs> Uh, we have stickers up at necronompod.com. You can buy individual or a three pack. Go check that out. People have been asking for those. They still sell them pretty good. I think so. Yeah. Um, Amazon.com search Necronomapod for all of our merch that's up there. And then uh, on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Toctic at Necronomapod. Um, check us out. We're going to be uh, sponsoring Old Wrestling again this year, coming up June 10th. If anyone's in the area, check it out, the Beach and Ballroom. <laughs> We're not even in the area, pal. That thing's way the hell over there. <laughs> Hopefully uh, someone pulls Ian into the ring and gives him a suplex. Now that's Patreon content. We'll have to get our phones out for that one. <laughs> $30 level, watch Ian get powerbound to the table. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>